What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Dolphins in Debt podcast. I'm Daniel Yafusi. That is David Neal. We are reporting to you after a victory Monday in South Florida. Your Miami Dolphins kicking off the 2022 NFL season with the win over the division rival during the Patriots 20 to 7 at Hard Rock Stadium. They take care of business in week one of the Mike McDaniel era. But they're quickly moving on. There were some celebrations on Sunday, uh, but not on Monday, not on Tuesday. They're moving on to their week two matchup. A road game in Baltimore against the Ravens, who are also 1-0. Thanks so much for tuning in. I want to quickly remind you guys, if you haven't yet, subscribe to the Miami Herald YouTube page. Like, share, comment, drop some questions in below. What you feel in, what you're not feeling, all that good stuff. Um, So like I said, the Dolphins are moving on to a week two matchup with the Baltimore Ravens uh, this Sunday. Um, but we're going to quickly recap uh, their season opening win against the New England Patriots, which, which was a fun one. You know, maybe not the uh, explosive debut of the new Mike McDaniel-led offense that maybe some people hoped, but uh, there were still some some stars, some uh, some big moments there. And I want to start with this offense. Uh, you know, um, there has been so much talk about, you know, what this offense would look like with Tua, Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, Chase Edmonds, uh, some new guys on the offensive line. Um, and at the end of the day, they only come up with 13 points. You know, seven of those 20 points were aided by uh, a strip sack scoop and score by the defense in the second quarter. Um, but a fairly efficient afternoon for Tua Tungabaloa, 270 yards, uh, one touchdown, no interceptions. Um, Tyree Kill in his debut, uh, nine catches for 84 yards. Jalen Waddle, a 42-yard catch and run at the end of uh, the first half on that gutsy fourth down call that I'm sure we're going to talk about. Me personally, I, I thought it was a solid debut. I mean, um, this was an offense that, you know, they got a lot of playing time and uh, they got a lot of reps in training camp. But in terms of preseason, you know, they this was the first time that we've really seen that entire unit, you know, the starting unit, including the offensive line. You know, they kept a lot of guys. Jalen Waddle didn't play in the preseason. Teron Armstead was kept out of the preseason. So this is the first time we really got to see that in, offense in its entirety. I thought it was a solid performance. Um, obviously, you want to clean up some stuff with the run game. Um, you know, the only getting 65 yards on the ground, that's not going to cut it most days. Um, but I thought that this first game kind of showed and it kind of reinforced the notion that I had that, you know, Mike McDaniel might have this reputation as like a run guy. He's a run girl. Um, he's a master of the run game. But they're not, that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to run 30 times a game. They're going to run 35 times a game and just kind of have to, uh, you know, be a game manager. I thought that um, McDaniel showed how much he trusts to him by putting the ball in his hands consistently early on. And even late in that game, you know, they could have ran the ball a lot and kind of milked the clock, but they were still passing the ball late in that game um, as they held a, t- a two-score lead. Um, so I thought that it was a very, very solid and efficient showing. Obviously, you want to clean up some stuff with the run game. Um, the offensive line needs to clean up some stuff, and they have some injuries. Um, I think Tua could have made some more. Uh, he could have hit on some passes. He kind of made some boneheaded decisions. Um, but overall, David, what did you think about that offense? Uh, the offense kind of reminded me of what they say, you know, in certain neighborhoods when you're just getting by about about the Lord. He doesn't always come when you want him to, but he's always on time. Sir. <laughs> and. That was kind of that offense, okay? Yeah, okay, 13 uh, – they really only scored 13 points, right? But they flipped the field. That drive before the defensive score really did flip the field. Because you start – they started deep in their deep in their own end. They moved the ball, you know, several first downs, got it to where they could flip the field, and then you put the Patriots in the same position. The defense comes up with the big play. So they kind of set – you know – 
put the ball in position, set the table position with a decent drive. And then uh, obviously the big play at the end of the half that just you know, really does blow the game open. I, there's you there was no coming back from that. There was no yeah, that, that, that was it. It was a, it was that was done. 17 0. If, if that was a fight, if this was a fight, that's when they Call you, it you, you got it. Okay, that's it. That's it. You know, you're wobbly. Yeah, no, 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 no. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, they that kind of performance is not going to get it done on enough Sundays to put you in the playoffs, but it got it done last Sunday against the team that, you know, they, they got, you know, who's a judge Wapner in the beard calling plays over there. Um, you know, uh, you know, when you got two play callers, you really have none. So like the same thing with quarterbacks. The Dolphins can attest to that last year with the, with the play caller situation. There, and there you go. <laughs> and there it is. No, they, you know, they showed a little bit of what you want to what you want to see out of them, but they did look like a team that could have used a little more preseason work. You know, but a lot. Um, I think a lot of teams. You know, if you watched other NFL games, right, there were a lot right. of rust, this, this uh, was, a lot of a lot of low scoring games. Just offenses just kind of getting into their groove. So the Dolphins weren't isolated when it comes right. To Right. Like I said, this is not this got it done this week. I don't think it's going to it's not going to get it done many other weeks. But, you know, they they moved the ball when they needed to. They got the big play when they when they went for it. And, uh, you know, as they, you know, Tyreek Hill put it put it uh, a certain way. But as we we and uh, we gotta be a low PG on here, <laughs> huh? So we got we gotta be a low PG on here. We can't we can't run okay. out of exact As my auto racing fans used to put it, yeah, you know, flopping out of the cockpit. Um, you know that was you know great display. They made, he they made a call that they knew he could he could hit. Uh, I thought like look at the Patriots later. They made a fourth down. They asked Mac Jones to make a four, really tough fourth down throw. Yeah, he wasn't able to do um, it. Or, or, or Mac, I don't know if they asked him to make that throw, but that's the decision he made. <laughs> and that was a, that's a pretty, it was a pretty tough throw as opposed to, okay, you can hit this. We're going to get a first down and then you just you know, kind of, all that, all that was extra. I mean, yeah, that, that run after catch. That, that was exactly, exactly what Mike McDaniel was looking for, that yard after the catch. Exactly. Exactly. And um, so, yeah. Their run game, we we said it's going to take a little bit of time for that to come together, uh, the way they want it, the way they need it. Uh, so, all in all, offensively, you did what you needed to do. Yeah, it was a good, it was good a B enough minus performance. Right, right, right. C plus B minus. You you move on to the next grade. You know, you scored enough to you're not going to get prop forty eight into the you know when you go into school into college. You know, you can play your freshman year. Um, you know, good, good enough, but, uh, hell yeah, there's going to be some things to work on there and, uh, wasn't spectacular, uh, but it was at least good enough. And I also think it definitely once they got 17, even at 17, seven, I think yeah. pretty sure they were I like, mean, honestly yeah. at 10, zero at 10, zero, I was thinking, you know, I yeah. don't know. You can you're, tr- you're in trouble now, bro. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, right. If, if New England doesn't get the next score, you know, we're done. And so, and that's also a factor of the matchup of New England's offense against the Dolphins' defense. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that I kind of expected more points from the Dolphins' offense, but I think that for the most part, that game kind of went the way that both of us anticipated, where it's like 
the Dolphins just have a little bit too much on offense for the Patriots to handle. And on the flip side, the Patriots offense just isn't going to be explosive enough to test uh, the Dolphins defense. And I think that that's what we saw. Um, but I, I particularly want to focus on the performance of Tua Tagovailoa. We all know it's a big year three for him. Um, he has a new coach, has a lot of new weapons. And again, as I said, he started off with a pretty efficient outing, uh, 23 for 33, 270 yards, uh, one touchdown, no interceptions. Um, obviously, the 42-yard the catch and run at the end of the first half that really um, broke the game open. Um, I don't want to make every single game a referendum on Tua and maybe his long-term future or whatnot, but we have to at least discuss his performance and, I guess, what differences we may have seen. And, you know, I, I, again, I thought that that was a performance. I thought it was, a, again, it was a solid performance from Tua. Um, but I even wrote in my game show that you kind of saw some of, like, the reoccurring issues from from maybe last season or maybe his first two seasons um with some of the haphazard throws the boneheaded decisions i mean there was a there was like a, a five play stretch where like he almost turned the ball over like three times i mean there was the one where he's rolling to his to his right and you know he's left-handed and he kind of throws a awkward pass and if you know a, a patriots defender doesn't get in the way uh, mccordy's gonna pick it off um, you know, even earlier in the game when they had to settle for a field goal, I mean, um, not let not letting the ball go. I know the protection broke down, but losing the ball there. He later on tried to throw the ball as he was getting sacked. It's just just a lot of those those plays where it seems like he's kind of doing too much. I mean, there's a lot of questions about like what can he do outside the pocket? Can he move around? Can he make those off platform throws that we see some of the better quarterbacks in the NFL make? And it just seemed like sometimes when he was kind of getting outside of himself that's when you saw him start to rush and panic and make some of those pointed decisions. And again, the game isn't always played like outside of the pocket. So I think when he's in the pocket, we have a clean pocket. We saw what he can do. Um, but I think that it was also performance where like, you kind of see those moments and that's, it kind of reinforced some of like the, I mean, there was a lot of, there was a lot of stuff to pick and get confirmation bias from. I mean, if you just want to take the 42 yard catch and run and you're a big tool believer, you're like, Oh, that, that's what he can do. He can deliver pinpoint passes and set his guys up for yards of the catch. But then if you look at that late late game stretch where, you know, he's throwing the ball all over the place and putting it in harm's way, you're like, is this really the guy? Um, again, I don't want to make it a referendum on his long-term future potential because it's just one game. But that just what stood out to me, you know, as much as there were very good plays, plays where he got the ball out, he hit his receivers, there were a lot where he missed his guys kind of made those scratch your head. I mean, I even tweeted, like, he makes, he has one of those boneheaded, like, what were you doing? What were you thinking decisions once, once a game? And I saw, like, three of them in a fourth quarter stretch where, like, if you turn the ball over and they make a play and get a touchdown, I mean, it becomes a game again. Just what were your thoughts on his performance? I, th I mean, I thought, like, the offense, it, he did enough to get it, get it done. I just, I, you know, you, there were a few throws that, you know, the arm the arm strength question is always going to be there with him. Oh my yeah. goodness! So he could hit, you know, three bombs in a row, and then people are going to be talking about the arm strength. But look, some quarterbacks are not. Some great quarterbacks are not big arm quarterbacks, you know. So let's, you know, um, you just can't short, but you can't short hop it to open receivers. Yeah, and. I think uh, and even even that first pass, I know there was there's been a lot of debate on Twitter, a lot of the uh, people zooming in on the video, people saying was that first pass to Tyreek Kill that was kind of one hop, was that tipped? 
I don't know, man. It didn't look tip to me, but there's a lot of people that are saying, <laughs> it didn't look tip to me, but there's a lot of people that are saying that are. But even no, some other no. even some other passes just like didn't. This it almost seems like the the, the pass kind of died on the uh, died on its way right. to the receiver. So there are all those questions. But, but and, when, and he's the kind of and he's the kind of passer that when he misses, it's gonna look like that. And you just go, um, but you know, again, no, no interceptions. You know that he put the ball. You know, okay, he did put the ball in danger, but I think quarterbacks throw these days. You know, they throw so often yeah. that every quarterback is going to have a couple of balls in the game that that you know. They put they're putting it in danger and, and it looks doesn't look good. Um, you know, Joe, the first pass Joe Burrow threw that Mika Fitzpatrick ran back. I think every Steeler since Mel Blunt had a better shot at that than whoever the hell he was throwing to. <laughs> but um, you know, so uh I thought he showed some pocket awareness. Um of course he all he also got he got he got hit into a fumble. Uh, you don't want to see that. The offense and the offensive line could be could have been better. I'm not putting it all on him. The offensive right. line could have been better. But even on some and of these plays, you you want to see him. You know, maybe he has guys open. He has he get the ball out a little sooner. You know, there, there's blame to go around for sure. He's, I, I just thought it was a. I thought it was again like the like the offense overall. It was good enough. It was fine, but you know, right, right, and you but, and you don't want and you know in that in a game like that where. You know, pretty much your defense is not going to give up a lot. They're not going to lose you the game, right? They're not going to lose. You. They're not going to screw you up. So the things you don't want to do is put them in bad positions, and you don't want to give any cheap points to the other side. They did not give up any. They did not give the Patriots any cheap points, and the offense did not put the defense in a bad position. You know, they. You know, they didn't give up a defensive score. They didn't give up a, you know, uh, pick six, fumble return for a touchdown, uh, you know, not a turnover in deep in the territory. They, you know, and they moved the ball when they needed to. They kept themselves out of bad situations. And sometimes in a game like that, that's kind of what you need to do. That's not again. That's not going to get it done every week, especially in the you know modern shooting up NFL. That's not going to get it done against Buffalo. That's not going to get it done if you happen to run into Kansas City down the road. You know that's not going to get it done against the Bengals unless Joe Burrow's you know still in his fun, whatever funk he was in last week. That's you know, but that got it done on Sunday. So mm-hmm. you know, that's you but take the- that and you move for and you move forward. But to the bigger point, you know, you said the offense, you know, it was fine. And I think Tua was fine. You know, if you look at this, the raw numbers, the raw numbers are actually really good. I mean, close to 70% completion, almost 300 yards, a touchdown. Like, the raw numbers look good. But even, like, if you look, if you're a big person, it's like the analytics and the advanced metrics. The advanced metrics, a lot of them say, you know, he, he, was, he was fine. And I think that, you know, there's room for improvement. McDaniel even said it himself. You hope that this is the worst performance of the year and they're getting better. But, you know, three weeks or three months from now, you know, four months from now, we'll be saying, oh, Tua has just been fine. Because I, I don't know if fine is good enough at quarterback. Again, it got it done Sunday. Is it going to get it done every Sunday? 
No. I mean, with, the, with, this def- with this defense, it might. I mean, we're going to talk about it in the side of With this defense, it, 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 it might be able to. It's not going – no. I don't think so. I don't think I so. Mean, I mean, if the defense gives up seven right, points right, a right, game. Right, right. Well, exa- exa- exactly. But uh, that's not going to happen on a regular basis. Um, I, I don't. I don't think you're. I think you're going to get more than, you know, you're going to get more than a touchdown, giving up, mm-hmm. uh, even on a, on a good week. So I, like I say, got it done this Sunday, and I. I don't, you know, much as much of a stat fan, and you know, as I can be, and much as I like to slice things, and you know, sometimes think you get we get a little deep. And, you know, again, I go back to it's real simple. Don't put your team in a bad position. You know, you move the ball when you needed to. You didn't you didn't stick your deep. Um, so you didn't cut them out of a bad position. And you made the Patriots drive the field every time they got the ball. Yeah. Boom. That's that's it. And and that's what need that's what needed to be done. And that's what was done. So now you move on to the next week. You, you can't. You know, you're not going, you know, he's not going to light it up every week. You know, if he never lights it up, that's a problem. But, you know, that was what was needed on that Sunday. And and it's funny, way back, way back, you know, and I, you know, I forget forget now it's literally another generation. Um, But like back in like, you know, oh, during the first run with the page when the Patriots were winning Super Bowls with Brady, people used to people used to say, "Yeah, you know, you know, Brady. It's all about perception." You said, "You know, Brady. He doesn't have the best stats, but he does what it takes for them to win." You know, oh yeah, he didn't have great stats, but he does what it takes. And and then Brady later would sometimes reflect back on certain games and go, "Oh yeah, I stunk that. I stunk in that game." It, but it was a game where people said, "Oh, he did what they needed to do to win." You know. Beauty's in the in the eye of the beholder. I mean, it's, it's right, right. It's it's, but in this situation, I think Tua did what he needed to do to win. There's no, you know, there's no interception that you know he got the where the defense bailed him out. There's no situation where they got bailed out by the defense. Okay, they got help from the defense off you know on the scoreboard. And again, that was a situation that score happens after they, you know, drive the ball several first downs, flip the field, and set, you know, they set the table for that situation. That's what that's what was needed. So, you know, but it, it's not gonna get you playing into February, but it has you at one and oh going into September. Whatever the hell we were, what are we at the seventeenth, eighteenth, to eighteenth, eighteenth, September eighteenth, week two, matchup. September eighteenth this weekend. Yeah, gotcha. You're right. It was enough for week one, and the Dolphins move on to week two, and we're going to discuss that week two matchup on the other side of things. Um, Lamar Jackson two point matchup, the rematch. Uh, can they stop him again? And what are the keys to another Miami Dolphins win? We're going to talk about that. But first, we're going to take a quick break. So stick with us. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? Still here on the Dolphins in Depth podcast with David Neal talking all things Miami Dolphins after their season opening win over the New England Patriots. Like we said in the first half of the pod, the Dolphins are moving on to Baltimore where they will play the Baltimore Ravens at MT Bank Stadium on Sunday at 1 p.m. Uh, the Ravens, they uh, started their season off with a win as well. Uh, they went up to New York, also say New Jersey, that's where MetLife actually is located. Uh, and they beat the Dolphins division rival, New York Jets, with the hand, like kind of handily with a 24-9 victory. Lamar Jackson threw uh, three touchdown passes. A lot of talk about whether he will get his money. I mean, he started the season on a pretty high note with three touchdown passes in that win. Uh, but now the Dolphins will uh, match up against the 2019 NFL Most Valuable Player, um, this is the second time in as many seasons that the Dolphins will be facing off against Lamar Jackson. I think we all remember that Thursday night game just about uh, almost 10 months to the date ago. Um, Thursday night football, Baltimore came down to Miami Gardens. They were one of the hottest teams in the NFL. The Dolphins were not. But they were the ones victorious at the end of the day, a 22 to 10 victory, which really, in a lot of eyes, jump started that turnaround from one and seven, winning uh, the next seven games. Um, they blitzed Lamar Jackson's submission. I mean, they sent everybody. They sent Javon Holland, Brandon Jones, linebackers, everyone you can name, man. They made some coaches out there to blitz Lamar Jackson. Um, he finished 26-43, 238 yards, touchdown and an interception. Uh, the run game for the Ravens really never got going. Um, I'm sure you all remember Jacoby Brissett started that game, but he had a knee injury. Tua Tungabailoa, who was active but not starting because of a, a finger in- injury, he came in. Um, kind of had some late game heroics and the Dolphins came away with a big win. Um, fast forward 10 months later, these two teams are 1-0. and They're looking to get to 2-0 and in a loaded AFC. Um, the, Dol- uh, the Ravens have a um, little better injury health, uh, injury news than they did last year. Obviously, they were one of the most injured, injured teams last year, um, but they're kind of better on that front. There's still some questions with some key guys, uh, but the Dolphins are a little different too because they have obviously Mike Daniel, a new look offense, some new players, obviously Tyreek Hill headlining that group. But I want to start with the Lamar Jackson matchup because that's really, I think, the key to this matchup again. Um, again, like I said, they, they blitzed Lamar Jackson. You know, I think, the stat was, you know, they sent the most defensive back blitzes of like the last five years in that matchup. Um, I know they have a lot of the same or really all of the same personnel, the same defensive coordinator. In my eyes, I mean, I see no reason why you don't do that. Again, just blitz him and you see if he can take advantage of uh, of that aggressiveness. I mean, all the talk about the Ravens over the past couple of years has been, you know, how great their run game is. 
But the passing game kind of lagging behind. You know, they trade away Marquise Brown. Uh, maybe they don't have the top-end pass catchers that, uh, you know, you need to face a team like the Dolphins or to make a deep run to the playoffs. Um, and all we talk, I know we talked about this in our preview episode uh, last week. Um, I think the Ravens to go to the Super Bowl uh, and win the Super Bowl. You were not – you you were incredulous <laughs> when I told you that. But with That's this, the cord. It's okay. Hey, they're one and zero right now. So, so right now I'm looking. I'm looking peach. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. In, in this matchup, I mean, what do you see facing Lamar Jackson? Do you think that they blitz him again? Do you take a different approach? What would you do? I do the exact same thing until they until he shows he can deal with it. I mean, why, why wouldn't you? And the Dolphins have. I mean, also. The Dolphins have the athleticism and the speed to do it. They do. Um, Even which, not only at the cornerback position, but at the linebacker position. Right. Know, Jerome Baker and Jalen Phillips. I mean, those guys were after Lamar Jackson. Like, I've never seen a defense. Because, you know, I, obviously I covered the Ravens for two two seasons, including Lamar's MVP. I've never seen a defense that collectively was able to keep up with him and really chase him down sideline to sideline the way Miami did that night. So you're right about that. Yeah. And – so, you know, why, you know, obviously have a, you have something in your have a plan B or 1A or whatever you want to call it, just in case, you know, this seems to be falling apart early. But this is what this is. This is a defense that gives him problems. This is a defensive scheme with this personnel that gives him problems. So until he shows that he can solve this problem uh you know either by you know hitting the quick pass hitting the quick passes into the open areas that they're you know you're going to have to leave um or you know by you know quick by counter counter running plays or traps something that you know takes advantage of the way the dolphins are 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 coming at you and coming at him and coming at the offense, do the same thing. Go, go for it. You know, go for it. Because, I mean, you, it, it, it seems a little silly that, that uh, you know, let's try something. You know, this, this worked really well last week. We defended him as well as anybody. Let's not do that anymore. Like, you know, and, and football coaches can outsmart themselves. Boy, there's a little bit of, you know, Wiley E. Coyote. Trying to get ahead. Yeah, genius. Yeah, trying to outsmart yourself. You know, uh, they, no, no, they'll, they'll never think of this. They'll think it's so obvious. It can't be a trap. <laughs> you know, um, you get some Explector Clouseau's on the sidelines there. But no, just do what you, you know, try to do what you did last year. And, See if he's made an adjustment. See if he's any better player. Um, and uh, you know, let's let's again, let's let's see because I think I think he's hitting that point. I think Lamar Jackson started to hit that point in his career where, like, I don't know, physically he he is what he he is what he is, and he's kind of as physical. He's as good as he's ever going to be physically. Now it's okay. Where does he improve as a quarterback seeing the game? Seeing the game, yeah. You know, with the you know, uh, anticipating, you know, what's going on without you know, 
kind of anticipating without anticipating, just knowing what's going on. And, um, you know, maybe he's acquired, you know, with another year of experience, maybe he deals with this a little better. And that's where you have to have a plan B and say, okay, you know, shift gears, halftime, you know, second quarter, whatever. But un- until he shows you that he is any better or any different than he was a year ago, then you the same and he the same. So let's go get the same result. You know? No, I get that. Um, the stat that I was referring to before about the DB blitzes, um, I have this from Next Gen Stats. Um, it says Dolphin safety, Javon Holland, and Brandon Jones blitz more times tonight against the Ravens than any other defensive back game in any game this season. And that also went back to, you know, since they began keeping track of Next Gen Stats in 2016. So Javon Holland blitzed 21 times and Brandon Jones blitz 17 times. So these are defensive, these are safeties, not only defensive backs, but safeties that are usually the last line of defense. They had Josh Boyer and then Brian Flores had them blitz, you know, dozens of times. Um, you know, when looking, you know, I watched, uh, I rewatched the Dolphins game. I watched the Ravens games against the Jets. Um, and I will say one thing that stood out from the Dolphins game is that um, Josh Boyer in kind of his first game without Brian Flores, he didn't blitz as much as, um, you know, people had grown accustomed to seeing last season. I think the Dolphins were second in the NFL um, with the close to 40% blitz percentage. They only blitzed on like 27% of uh, but Mac Jones's passes, um, which I partly think was due to the fact that you know, I mean, you're leading by two scores. You don't really need to be aggressive and kind of take those chances. Um, so we'll be interesting to see, you know, facing a different type of offense, a different type of a different type of quarterback, a different scheme, um, whether they do again rely back on um, that that um, that tactic, you know, blitzing a lot, showing a lot, and kind of muddying up um, the looks and confusing Lamar Jackson. I will say one thing, and again, in watching both games, one thing that I think the Dolphins have to improve on is the pass protection. I thought that it was okay. I thought that there were a lot of miscommunications with the offensive linemen and allowing some free rushers. Um, but I do think that if the Dolphins can protect to a tongue by lower, keep them in the like keep them in the pocket and give them time in the pocket. I think that there are plays to be made against this Ravens defense. I mean, I've talked about it before with some of the injuries on the, on the Ravens side. Um, there's still questions about whether Marcus Peters, one of their top corners is going to play. He tore his ACL last year. Um, he hasn't, he didn't play in week one. Um, they lost another one of their cornerbacks, Kyle Fuller in the week one opener. Um, so they are a little thin and I'm kind of, kind of similar to the, to the Dolphins, you know, the Dolphins don't have Brian Jones and they have some guys that have to step up. I mean, some young guys on Baltimore side are going to have to step up as well. Um, and honestly, I mean, if you're asking me who am I taking in terms of the Dolphins wide receivers versus um, the Ravens secondary, I'm taking Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle and some of those pass catchers. But not if they can't block enough, long enough for Tua to hit those guys. Um, so I will say I think that's really the key matchup, particularly you know inside with some of the, like uh, Connor Williams and Liam Eikenberg and Robert Hunt, um, those guys against the Dolphins' defensive front, their defensive uh, interior defensive guys, I think that's the key to this matchup, um, what's one thing that you think the Dolphins need to improve on if they're going to come away 2-0? Uh, I, I would say explosiveness. I, I think they're going to need – they're going to need a cheap one, a couple, a, a couple of cheap ones. I mean, and when I say cheap, I mean, you know – I mean, they got the. I, I don't think the touchdown. I don't mean to denigrate the touchdown, like to Waddle. I don't think that was a, that was a cheap one. But 
I might, I might call it a cheap one because he, I mean, he shouldn't have scored. That's one of those where you're like, you really tip your hand to Watkins. You're it's, like, he made a yeah. It's it's okay. It's easy. It's but yeah, they're gonna need a couple more like that. And um, I also think they're going to they're going to going to do something in the in the running game. I mean, they, just something in the running game to uh, you know, keep the Ravens a little bit of honest. Uh, but the uh, I also think the. Uh, the big matchup is going to be on the when the Ravens have the ball and uh, what, you know, can the Dolphins get that, you know, get a push at the middle? I mean, it's still say you get either they're come, they're going to be coming off the out, out coming off the edges. Uh, if you get the push up the middle and you force Lamar to start heading for the edges, now if you're coming off the edges, then it's a matter of just making the tackle. Yeah. And then, and, 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 and Obviously, the outside guys, your you know outside defensive linemen, outside linebackers, you know, with some decent contain. Um, but it you know it's a matter of making the you know making the tackle, and I, I just think that's there's your matchup. That's going to be your that's going to be a lot of your game. Uh, special teams wise, you probably have to give the edge to Baltimore. But um, the Dolphins, I mean, the Dolphins special teams looked very, very good on point. Obviously, Justin Tucker's greatest, probably the greatest kicker of all time. But in terms of all three levels, oh, oh, are you? Do you have? A, are you have an objection to, to that assertion? Yeah, 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 I do. Oh, yeah. this is this is this is a new guard. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah, a I new do. guard, old guard thing. We, oh, no. we, <laughs> Forty-five yards in the snow in the playoffs. Okay. Oh, my <laughs> right, right. No, I hear, no. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> Miss it and you're done. I'll say that. I'll, I'll put it this way: the most accurate kicker of all time. Uh, oh yeah, and, and, <laughs> yeah. And, he, and he's and you know he's a obviously a fine successor, a worthy successor of Matt Stover, who was just an institution there yeah, and actually yeah. almost accept almost accepted by the other players as an actual player on the Ravens. Um, but uh, yeah, no, no, Justin Tucker's a great. No, he's the the more, okay. He's the reason I give them an, an edge on on special teams. Yeah. But but I he, but, I, but again, like I was going to say to that point, you know, I think I thought the coverage from special from the Dolphins special team was great. I, in one game, you already saw how much better Thomas Morstead was for Michael Pilardi last year. I mean, just the way they made down punts, the, the way he was working with you know the Gunners, and they were you know covered. I mean, obviously Justin Tucker, like if it's comes down to a late game field goal, you're like, all right, Justin Tucker, he's almost automatic. But again, I think that it will be more evenly matched than you know. Just beyond the kicking matchup, right? Yeah, um, and um, yeah. So, but this this actually this is not a game I take the over in. <laughs> no, no. I think I think both teams are going to struggle. Well, I'll put it this way: the Ravens, who are known as a running team, I think they had in the first half they had about eight rushing guards against against the Jets at halftime, which was the lowest in the Mark Jackson era. They struggled to win. I mean, they finished with 63 rushing yards. Lamar Jackson only ran it uh, six times. Part of that was I don't think he really had a lot of design runs, but he was staying in the pocket. Um, I mean, if he if they can't run the ball well, which they didn't do in the matchup last year, I mean, that just puts more pressure on Lamar Jackson to find you know, his right. pass catchers. And I, again, I, I'm not taking you know Rashad Bateman and Mark Andrews and those are talented guys. I'm not taking those guys over X and Javon Holland and some of the guys that the Dolphins have on their side. Um, so I, I agree with you. I think both teams are going to struggle to move the ball. But honestly, if I had to pick one team who I think is going to struggle more, I'd probably say the Ravens just because 
so I, I mean, the the overall perception, really what's been reality is that their offense is empowered by the run game. I mean, this is, might be a game where Lamar Jackson does have to throw three touchdowns and he does have to make a lot of plays kind of off platform. Um, but I do think that the Dolphins can exploit the matchup with their wide receivers versus the Dolphins or versus the Ravens secondary. Um, but I mean, they, they always make it tough. They'll make it tough. I know that they'll have answers. I mean, these are, these are very similar defenses. I mean, they like to blitz a lot. They like to confuse the quarterback quarterback with a lot of different looks. So these are kind of very similar defenses. So I would expect as much, you know, it is going to be kind of a back and forth kind of slug of a game, a slob of a game. Yeah. Um, you know, again, it might come down to that last minute kick or it might come down to a missed tackle here or there. There, there are two teams that like like to run the ball, and uh, and uh, you know obviously the Ravens, you know, they're not under a new coach, you know, but yeah, you know, the Dolphins still getting, still finding their running game, yeah. and the Ravens clearly are still finding their running game. When you yeah. go to the Midlands and you can only they don't have they don't have the yards against the tackle. Jets. They don't have J.K. Dobbins. I mean, it's right. still a work in progress. Yeah, they're they're still they're still you know finding themselves. So, uh, yeah, this is this is this again might be decided by you know who turns the ball over yeah, deep yeah. and who uh, again this this might be a very similar game who who does turn the ball over deep who who can flip the field it, who you know what's your field position um, especially if you have a kicker like Tucker I mean that that's a that's a big deal yeah. and. Um, so yeah, I, and I I do agree with you. I don't I don't think the Ravens. I don't see the Ravens wide receivers doing wide receivers slot receivers doing much against the Dolphins defensive backs. Um, and I do like the Dolphins that matchup better on the flip side. That matchup better for the Dolphins offense against the the Ravens. Um, so yeah, this this is going to be an interesting game. Uh, and it is exactly if I were betting the game, I would not be betting it. I would stay yeah, away yeah. from yeah. like nope, 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 nope. These nope, are two nope. teams. These are two teams where I mean, I think first off, I think this is one of those we talked about starting the game off, starting the season off with so many AFC matchups. You know, you have the Patriots, you have uh, the Ravens, the the bank, uh, the Bills, and then the Bengals. We talked so much about how a lot of these games can have legitimate playoff ramifications ramifications down the line but i think these are also two teams who kind of for various reasons we could say okay like their week two version was not near close to the version that they are you know two months down the line the dolphins okay. because they're still working out the kinks of a new offense the ravens because they still have so many key injuries and guys that are coming back we could see these be Week, the week two, we could see week two being kind of a lesser version of both of these teams that we see down the road. Um, I know when I had my uh, score predictions come out last week in our special section, which you should still get, you can read online. I had this being the, the Dolphins' first loss of the season. I said the Ravens were going to win 25 to 21. But I'm going to add a caveat. I had anticipated the Ravens having all their key guys back. You know, they still it's still unclear whether Ronnie Stanley, the left tackle, uh, J.K. Dobbins, the running back, and Marcus Peters at cornerback will be playing in this game. They're still kind of questionable. Um, you know, if all those guys play, even a kind of maybe a rusty version, I, I do think the Ravens, that'll be enough to, for the Ravens to come out with a win. Um, I hate to I, I hate to do a one a hedge and, and a flip one a week later <laughs> because, you know, I'm supposed to have taking integrity, but I, I'm just not going to have taking integrity. Y'all can get on me for that. Um, 
I'm gonna say the Dolphins come away with a with a with a close game, with a close win. I'll say 24 to 23, uh, maybe a late kick, um, a late turnover. I don't know. I just I just feel a little more confident on offense with what I saw week one from the uh, the Dolphins as opposed to the Ravens. Who are you taking? Uh, well, I'm thinking if in week one, uh, the Dolphins' new guy I thought made no real. I'm I'm sure he made mistakes, and I'm sure he 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 has a whole a whole list of mistakes he perceives that he made, but he didn't make any big obvious. He didn't have a Nathaniel Hackett moment. Uh, no. <laughs> He didn't have the Daniel Hackett moment. We'll say that. So, yeah. If that's the bar, there might be Daniel. Oh, uh, that's that's that, that's a that's a real low bar. That's, that's the bar somebody should take across that boy's knees, which is probably what happened today in the Broncos front offices when they they called him up and said, "Hey, let us explain to you who's getting paid a lot of money on this team and who we traded for, and it wasn't the damn kicker." <laughs> um. So. I'm going to say game two, road game. I'm going to say he, I'm going to say we get a little bit of new, new, little rookie coachness out of uh, my dad. I don't know how. I'm going to say we get a little real rookie coachness out of him. And again, a low scoring slog. I, you know, 16 13. Yeah. Yeah. Real nasty game. Hey, yeah, Super Bowl five. I mean, it's it's uh, yeah, I, I that's let's see something like 2016, 16, 13, something like that. I, and um, gonna take the Ravens in this one, but uh, Ravens are hard to beat again. I, they're hard to beat early uh, in the I, year on the road, which is why I feel like I probably should not be flip flopping. But uh, I don't know. I know. I know. I know that team well. I know this team pretty well from being on the beat for over a year. This is I, a, I just I just like the explosiveness. I think I think those, those shifty fast receivers they give the Ravens some trouble, and I think that I think we could see one of those explosive plays. You, I, I, this is telling you, this is the game. You just you look at it, and it's like nah, nah. You don't you don't trust it. You don't you don't trust it. It's yeah. You know, it's like somebody offering you a Ferrari for you know thousand dollars, <laughs> like. Nah. I got side out. Nah. nah. No. Never trust a big button to smile. Never trust this games like this. Yeah. I mean, especially um, against early in the season. You know, oh, like, yeah. Yeah. Teams are still rusty. Um but, but and, it is it is it is a nice matchup. And I think that it is a, it is the first real litmus test for this team. Um, and I think I think I also think there's just an ex- there is an experience factor at code uh, in the coaching thing. And uh, of course, I mean it's not like Bill Belichick doesn't. Yeah, know I was going to say. I mean, I was, I was the ultimate coach of disparity, but had to be a problem. <laughs> but also, I mean, we we also we were looking at the personnel on the field, and we and both we, of us we knew we, we knew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, that's that's not. Um, you know, there's not enough. There's not. It's not close enough. The matchups don't work out close enough to where the coaching is going to matter that much. I see this being one of those games where, yeah, it's gonna it it could matter, and I, I just think I can, you know, like I say, just just play the odds. There's gonna be a rookie coach, you know, game or two where he just, you know, and it may not be even be obvious to us, 
it's maybe something where he, you know, comes out afterwards and say, yeah, you know, this week in practice, you know, you guys didn't see it, but I, I didn't prepare us properly, you know? Um, But so I'm going to take the very slow, you know, close, but you know, there, there will be no, there, there will be no money placed on this game (laughs) uh, out out of my wallet other than for, you know, you know, snacks and stuff while watching. Um, so, and you, are you going to be staying at Mama? Oh, yeah. House? I'm excited. I'm excited to go back home. Obviously, everyone, everyone that's been following my work knows I'm from, from Towson, Maryland, right outside Baltimore City. Uh, I'm excited to get back. Mom going to cook for you? Oh, of course. Of course. What you going to fix? I mean, probably some jello rice. You know what I'm saying? A Nigerian staple. It's a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, she was even asking me, she was like, what you need? I'll freeze up some stuff and I'll send it back to you on the floor. I'm like, nah, like, I'm good. I'm good. I got a deep freezer full of food. It's still full. I'm good, but I'm excited to head back. Obviously, uh, again, I covered the Ravens for uh, two years at the Baltimore Sun. I'll be back at M&T Bank for the first time. I'm excited to see friends, family, and obviously some some you know, former colleagues and people on the beat there. Um, so it should be a lot of fun. They still serve crab cakes at, at, at there at halftime. Man, I hope so. It's been two years, so I hope so. I hope that hasn't changed. Yeah, yeah. I might have to get some. That was good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> most, most definitely, I might have to get some crab cakes. If not there, then uh, somewhere out, somewhere in the city. Um, but that, but that brings us to the end of another edition of the Dolphin in Depth podcast. I want to thank you guys again for tuning in. Uh, we'll be back next week, win or loss or draw. Um, after the Dolphins week two matchup against the we get paid either way. Yeah, we get paid either way. Check <laughs> either way. So we'll be here. Uh, but until then, you guys take care. See you.